Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And of course, yesterday was tax day. We talked about uh, taxes and all the things that happened uh, in that whole process. We've sort of had the uh, tax yesterday and spend today as the uh, president has been out uh, pitching his infrastructure bill. And uh, a lot of spending that goes along with that. We'll have uh, some spending going on on Utah's Capitol Hill tomorrow in special session. Uh, But it's interesting, as we've been talking about all of the things that impact and influence our behavior, uh, one area that I don't think a lot of us think about that influences our behavior, and that actually is taxes. This is one of those think again moments. Uh, really pleased to be joined now by the uh, Tax Foundation President Scott Hodge uh, to talk about some of the interesting, sometimes even weird ways that taxes can influence or change our behavior. Uh, Scott, on a day after tax day, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet, Boyd. Good to be with you. Thank you. So taxes clearly do have an impact uh, on our behavior in a number of ways. We've seen uh, places like in Europe uh, where they've uh, you know, increase the taxes on smoking and things like that to try to change behavior. But what are some of the things that uh, that you're seeing uh, that may actually be impacting our behavior uh, as it relates to taxes? Well, yeah, obviously we think of the the, the main things like uh, sin taxes, you know, where politicians have raised taxes on smoking, drinking, gambling, even pollution in order to discourage those kinds of behaviors. But over the the centuries, we see lots of kind of odd ways in which taxes have changed things from everything from architecture to the kinds of foods and things we we eat to even our transportation. Um, You know, if you go to Europe, you'll see a lot of old buildings that have windows that have been bricked in. And you go, oh, well, that looks weird. Well, it's because once upon a time, uh, the taxes were applied to uh, the number of windows that you had facing the street because wealthy people had more windows. Well, over time, people didn't want to pay the taxes, so they bricked in the windows. Uh, You see, if you go to Charleston, South Carolina, for instance, and some of the other southeastern states, uh, some of the buildings look kind of funny because the houses have windows on the side of the house and not on the front of the house. And again, there are window taxes uh, for wealthy people. Uh, the more windows you had facing the street, the wealthier you were. So architects decide that design the house with the windows on the side. And so you see these kind of things, uh, and, and largely because... Uh, taxes impacted the way people designed their homes. Yeah. In Europe, again, if you go to Paris, the mansard roofs, which which has the kind of uh, raised roof above the roof line, 
were all designed because they taxed uh, the number of uh, floors that you had below the the roof line. Well, they designed a w the houses in a way that had a, an extra floor above the roof line. And it's all because of taxes. Wow. It's, now, th there is uh, a tax issue that is very concerning to me that uh, I hope you can help us steer our way through. And that is the the difference between buying a Twix bar and buying <laughs> yeah, a right. Hershey bar. There is some behavioral motivation going on that's related to taxes, right? <laughs> well, it's all this is a debate over taxing food or non-food items. Uh, and uh, a lot of a lot of states, and even we'll see this in Europe too with the value-added taxes. But they will exempt food from the sales tax, and so then you get this debate among food manufacturers or candy manufacturers of whether their candy is considered food or just simply candy. Well, Hershey's lost that battle, and their Hershey's bar, the chocolate bars, are considered candy and thus uh, subject to the sales tax. Whereas something like Twix bars, which have flour, are considered food and thus exempt from the sales tax. And so if you're choosing between the two, maybe you'll choose the cheaper one, which is the Twix bar, because all because it has a little flour in it. Uh, I just buy them both just to, so there's no debate. <laughs> so let, so right. let's, get, <laughs> let's get to some other issues that, it, that, that do yeah. end up uh, impacting our behavior uh, and again, a lot of these are subtle things that we don't really think about kind of in our day-to-day -day living, but things that are, are absolutely uh, vital to us, uh, one of those uh, being capital gains and the changes in capital yeah. gains. But talk, talk to us about that as a behavioral issue. What is, what is it about the capital gains uh, that changes our behavior? Well, this could be a, a big issue for uh, the upcoming debate in Washington because um, uh, President Biden wants to raise the tax rates, especially for the wealthy, on capital gains. And what we've seen in the in the past, and this goes back to 1986, uh, is when the tax rates on capital gains were increased, people decided to realize fewer capital gains, r report fewer, and basically they stopped cashing out their capital gains. And so for a decade, from 1986 to about 1997, uh, capital gains realizations flatlined at the federal level. Uh, the government collected less revenue, and uh, the stock markets kind of, kind of uh, stalled. And so what we see is that uh, capital gains are kind of a um, – people decide whether or not when they want to realize them. So it's all discretionary. So if the tax rates go up, people realize fewer gains. If the cap if rates go down, they will uh, realize more gains and be more involved in the stock market. It's a very, very um, sensitive and volatile issue, and taxes matter a great deal to how people uh, go about uh, choosing when they're going to realize capital gains. When we modeled the president's uh, recent tax plan, uh, we found that it would actually lose tax revenues because it would force people to realize fewer capital gains. And so we estimate that it would actually, instead of raising hundreds of million, billions, as he predicted, we estimate that his capital gains proposal would lose about $125 billion over the next 10 years. Wow. And I, I think that's – I want you to just walk us back through that again because to me that is the uh, the real lesson in all of this, that – even during that period where capital gains were high, the, the tax rate for capital gains was high, the government actually collected 
less revenue. And according to your your modeling uh, with President Biden's projected uh, capital gains increase, it would end up actually costing the government in terms of what they collect uh, over the next 10 years. Yeah, we've probably all heard the adage, you know, you tax something, you get less of it. And this is a classic case of that. And, you know, certain types of behaviors or certain types of economic uh, things are much more sensitive to taxes than than others. Um, you know, if they raised my taxes, oh, I'd be, you know, grudgingly pay for it. But I'm a salaried employee. There's not a lot I can do to change my behavior. But if you're an investor and you invest either for the short term or the long term, you have a lot of discretion on when you're going to realize your capital gains or cash out your your uh, profits uh, on a certain stock. And uh, taxes will play a big role in that. So if uh, the rates go up and I've got a lot of uh, profits on those gains, I'm going to... I'm just going to hold on to them, and I'm going to wait it out, hoping that we'll have a change in Congress, for instance, or in the White House, until those rates come back down. And so we see a lot of change in these kinds of behaviors, especially in things that are um, kind of discretionary. People can choose whether or not and when they want to take those profits and, and earn that income. Uh, most of us salaried workers don't have a big choice in that, so we're a little less sensitive to changes in tax policy. But things like business income and, and, and investment income are very, very sensitive to tax rates, and people can choose when and when uh, they want to take them. Uh, fantastic. Scott Hodge, uh, president of the Tax Foundation in Washington, D.C., uh, recognizes one of uh, Washington's leading experts on tax policy, the federal bu- government. I'm going to have you back another day to talk government spending because uh, we, have a, <laughs> we have a lot to discuss when it comes to that. But I appreciate you joining us the day after tax day uh, to weigh in. You bet. I hope everybody got their taxes in on time. <laughs> All right. We're, we're, we're counting on that. And again, I always appreciate Scott's perspective. And I'm going to have him back to talk spending uh, because yesterday was tax day. Uh, today is spend day. And if you just look at the real simple projections in terms of what the government will bring in, in terms of tax revenue, uh, there's <laughs> there's a, over a trillion dollar hole between the amount of taxes they're going to collect and what they're already committing to spend, not counting any of these other big projects like the infrastructure bill. So we're going to continue to break all of those down. We look forward to having Scott Hodge back on uh, to help us break it down in terms of what that spending is and what it actually means. We'll go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Representative John Curtis is going to join us. He and Senator Mitt Romney have introduced a bill to get some more federal land in the state of Illinois. Find out about that coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.